first of December morning. I told Keith a while ago, so that was the last business meeting for the year. It's, it's over with now. A um, couple things. Uh, I did get to go see Ethan Church um, Wednesday, and uh, what a blessing. That, that boy, um, we sat, it was just me and him. That was a, it was a good time, and his, he had no company. His parents wasn't there, his sister, anybody, and um, it was just a real good time for me, him just sitting and talking. Um, I think Keith mentioned it this morning. He's, he's starting to tell his story a little bit now, and then he did. He, he, he told me. He said, I can't remember everything, but he talked for 30 minutes, and I don't think he missed a thing. He told me from the time he started feeling bad till he got to um, Asheville, where he's at now, and everything in between. And um, uh, It was just amazing, honestly just amazing, to be able to sit there and talk to him, just to talk to him. Because at some point, at one point, I don't think we—I don't think a lot of us thought he was going to make it. Uh, but he's doing good, and uh, he is uh, very thankful for. We didn't talk about what the church done. Uh, we didn't talk about that at all. Uh, what we talked about was what God has done, and what His community continues to do for Him as well. And he's very thankful that he was is from an area like he is, and I'm, just, I'm thankful that he is as well. Uh, and I, I think I told somebody Saturday. At breakfast, I don't believe Watauga County would have pulled together like Avery has. And uh, y'all just blow my mind in a good way. And I, I'm very thankful and appreciative of, of that. So continue to pray for Ethan. Look like you had a good Thanksgiving, so he's he is wanting to come home. He wants to be able to come home and do his therapy, and I don't blame him one bit. Um, continue to, to remember uh, Mandy in, in prayer. She recovers from Lyme's as well. Um, December 14th. We'll be doing the, the wreaths across America, so we'll be at Mountain Home Cemetery, and uh, at noon, we'll, we'll get a game plan closer to that time. Um, not so sure about the Newland Christmas Parade yet. don't think that uh, Sugar Mountain and Oak Grove are going to do it, so um, I'll let you know more on that as soon as they figure out what they're doing. And the Christmas play will be on December 15th at 6. There'll be a Sunday night at 6 o'clock, uh, so remember that. It'll be, it's going to be good. It's going to be simple and good. <clears throat> and then the last thing is uh, December 22nd, uh, we'll be doing breakfast here at 9. Right? Is that right? December. And Abby killed you guys a deer the other day. Friday she killed you a deer. We made the entire thing into deer sausage, and it's all out here in the freezer now. So knock yourself out, Judy. <laughs> Call your sister, too. <laughs> Tell her to come help. <laughs> uh not all of it. We kept the tender one out, just so you know. Um, if you got your Bible, turn over to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. Uh, we're going to combine two, two of the holidays. We're going to combine Thanksgiving and Christmas today. We're going to look at being thankful again like we did last month, but we're still going to look at the gift as well and, and what Christmas is and what it's about. Um, and I'll probably say this a lot this month, uh, this, I mean, here we are December, it is Christmas, and um, I just feel like the world, I feel like <clears throat> the Christians, I feel like the church has gotten away from the true meaning of Christmas and what it's about, and, and um, we're, Keith mentioned Bible study for next, or this month on Wednesday night, and I'm trying, and I know that we've only got three Wednesdays before Christmas, and we're going to look at, on Wednesday nights, we're going to look at the three, I said that, three takes on the birth, the nativity, 
but you know that there's only two. You got Matthew and, and Luke. But there's a reason why Mark didn't write about it. So the second night that we do this, we're going to do Matthew uh, this Wednesday, and the next Wednesday will be Mark, and then the following Wednesday will be Luke. So Wednesday night when we talk about Mark, it's going to blow your mind. There's a reason why he doesn't talk about the nativity. So I've been studying for that, getting ready for that, and, and the things that are going to go along with it, which is really neat, uh, the study I found for it. Uh, but hopefully with those lessons that we're going to do on Wednesday and what we're going to look at for the next few Sundays, I want it to draw us back to the reason. I want it to draw us back into the Word of God. I want it to draw us back into Jesus and not gifts. A gift, yes, but not gifts and the presents and the things that we, we tend to focus on at Christmas. There was a sign in a restaurant uh, that was advertising for a gift card, gift certificate for the restaurant. And, and the, this was the slogan, one gift fits all. One gift fits all. And it was, was, you know, it's a good idea. Get a gift card for anybody. Don't matter if they're Ethan's age or or older. It doesn't matter. Get them a gift card. It fits everybody. And the idea was for everyone, that everyone needs a good meal at a a good restaurant. And, you know, of course, me, I'm always looking for a good uh, sermon topic. And I thought, man, that is perfect. That is perfect. One gift fits all. Good timing right now. So I borrowed that slogan for this sermon. Christmas story stories tell the Christmas story tells of God's gift for each one of us. Every single one of us. You go through this Bible, I don't care if you read Matthew, you read Luke, uh, and, and you're going to realize that this birth wasn't just a birth for a few people. This birth wasn't for 144. This birth wasn't just for the Jews. This birth wasn't just for the Gentiles. This birth of my Jesus was for all of us. So this one birth, this one gift that God gave us fits all. The one gift, the one gift, his son fits every single one of us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning is that gift fitting every one of us. This, it really does. It, it fits all because why? Why does this one gift fit all? Because all need salvation. Every single one of us needs salvation. There is no christening that gets you into heaven if you do it before you're 12. There is no christening or no confirmation, I'm sorry, confirmation before 12. There's no christening of the child when they're born to say that they're going to go to heaven. A child don't need to be sprinkled with water to make sure they get into heaven. We know that if something happens to a child before the age of accountability, that they're good as gone into heaven. We know that. So we, we know that this gift fits all. We all need salvation. Now the scripture we're going to read here in just a few minutes this morning, listen to what all the words that we're going to be looking at. Cheerful, able, abound, increase, enriched, thanksgiving, abundant, grace, bound, bountifulness, and, and other encouraging words that are in there we'll read too. This little short scripture that we're going to read is packed full of encouragement for the Christian. It is encouragement for the church. This is some scripture. It's not even Christmas scripture, but it's going to be Christmas scripture today. It is talking about the encouraging that we need as Christians. Uh, we, we tend to, to be, I hate to use the word, but as Christians that nowadays, at least here in, in recent times, we're very liberal when it comes to the reason for the season. One thing that Mark says that I really like uh, when I've been studying this is 
the reason Mark doesn't focus on the birth is because the Bible doesn't tell us to. What's the, what's the Bible tell us to focus on? The death and the resurrection. That's why Mark didn't write much about it, if anything. So we've got to turn our hearts back to this birth. We gotta, we, again, we're, we're liberal when it comes to the reason for the season. We, what do we do? What did you do Friday? We glorified a good deal, didn't we? Black Friday. Did you even go to bed Thursday night? <laughs> Some of, I know my family, there's a bunch of the women, crazy, the crazy ones. They didn't go to sleep Thursday night, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> they were looking, that's what, that's what the churches do. That's what Christians are doing now. We're glorifying that, that good deal. We, we bargain shop till we drop or we drop someone if it's a good enough deal. You know, that's, that's what we do. We have taken the focus off of, of Jesus and we, we start to party. Here we are, it's after Thanksgiving. Now what are we going to start doing? All these company picnic or company parties. We'll get ours next Monday night. I gotta go to that that Brazilian restaurant in Asheville. I'm dreading that awful bad. I, I tell you, all that meat. I'm dreading it. But but you know that's what we do. We tend to focus on we we focus on a holiday. We don't focus on a birthday. We've got to turn our lives back around to Jesus. We've got to turn our focus back away from the gifts and start looking at the gift that was given to us. Look at that birthday that he has given us. And this morning we're going to redirect our Christmas attention to a birthday gift that fits every single one of us. you got your Bible open um, to 2 Corinthians 9. Stand with me. We're going to be in verse 6. Verse 6 to the end. 2 Corinthians 9. Six to the end. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as his purpose in the, his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, his, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through, through us thanksgiving to God. For the ministration of this service not only suppleth the, the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal uh, distribution unto them and unto all men. And by their prayer for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Let's pray. Lord, again, we just thank you this morning for that, that unspeakable gift. Father, we thank you for your son. Lord, we know you picked him. Lord, you, you'd set him aside. You knew from the beginning what you was going to have to do, Lord. 
And we thank you for that. We thank you for sending that perfect lamb for a sacrifice. We thank you for sending the Prince of Peace, Lord, down here on earth just to tarry with us just for a little while. Lord, we thank you for giving us the gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for that grace that we see. Lord, we thank you, as Keith mentioned this morning, living in this time of grace, this age of grace that we're in right now. Lord, I'm thankful for that and that we're not under the old law. God, I thank you for that grace that you extend to each and every one of us. Thank you for being so long-suffering for each one of us and the sin that, that we deal with on a daily basis. Lord, we thank you for forgiving us of it when we ask. Lord, as we go into your, your word this morning, I just pray, Lord, that you would open up everyone's heart. Lord, I pray that as we go into this season of, of, of giving, Lord, as we go into this Christmas season, Lord, that each one of us can reflect back on that perfect gift that you gave and that be your son. Thank you again for this morning. Thank you for this fellowship. Thank you for this time of worship and praise. I'll listen in your son's name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat. One gift fits all because, number one, this gift is God's gift. This is God's gift. This is not man's gift to God. This is God's gift to us. Something that he gave Every one of us. Every one of us. He didn't exclude nobody. When he says to the Jews and the Gentiles, he's talking about every single one of us. He didn't leave the Romans out. He didn't leave the Catholics out. He didn't leave the Lutherans or the Methodists or the Episcopalians or the Presbyterians or us good old Baptists out. He gave a gift for all of us. We needed that gift. We had to have a gift. We're struggling, folks. Back, good old Adam and Eve, they messed up. Somebody had to fix their mess. God said, I, I know a man. I know someone that can take care of this. I, I'm going to give this world a gift, and it's going to be perfect for every person. Every person. We don't need several different types, we don't need several styles. We don't need different versions. You know how they are with cars and, and computers and all that stuff. Now you get a new version. By the time you, the new version comes out, you buy it. Two weeks later, the next new version comes out. We don't need that with this gift because this gift was perfect, and it fits us all. Amen. You guys ever, you guys, I don't know how you all feel about this. Them, them hats, those one-size-fits-all hats, I can't stand it. It cuts my head off. makes my head hurt. But the, the, I guess those guys that developed them thought that that one-size-fits-all hat was the perfect size, was the perfect gift. It wasn't. There ain't been but one-size-fits-all, one-gift-fits-all gift that's been perfect, and that was, that was Jesus. Now, who does Paul say we're to give thanks to? You look back over at verse 15. Thanks be unto God. Paul didn't say, hey, thank me for writing this down. Paul didn't say, hey, thank, uh, thank those Romans for, for going and getting Jesus. Paul didn't say, you need to be thanking so-and-so down the road for whatever he said or done. Paul says, thanks be unto God. Thank God. Just like we talked about all last month, just thank God. Don't thank me. Don't thank anybody else, but just thank God. He is the one who gets all the credit and all the honor for all the things that we read from verse 6 to 15. All those encouraging words that Paul wrote down. 
Paul says, thank God for those. God gave him those words to write down. He said, thank God for, for all those good things. God is, is that, that fountain, that spring that bubbles up and it gives us our ability to, to provide and to give thanks and to go out and, and to be generous. It comes from him. It ain't something that comes from within us. It is that, that fount that flows over. It bubbles over. It may gush over sometimes. It may look like old faithful. But it's that fount, that, that well from God that we get what we get and that allows us and gives us the capability and gives us the ability to go and do in his name. Verse 8, read that one more time. It says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound in ev- uh, to every good work. We have at our disposal all of God's power Amen. and grace so that we can accomplish his good and perfect will. We have it. Folks, when we got saved, we got it. He gave it to us. Jesus saved us and gave us the Holy Spirit. So now we're able to go and do His name. He gave us that power. Now can we go, somebody that's got leprosy, can we go and lay hands on them and take away that leprosy? I'm not going to say we couldn't. I don't know. I would be afraid that I'd get leprosy. (laughs) But if I was to, to go and pray in Jesus' name, and ask Jesus to take that away, I believe he could. I believe he would. I believe he could do it if we'd done it in his name. But it wouldn't be me doing it. I couldn't take away that leprosy. I can't take away that cancer. I can't take away that heart disease. But I know a man that can. And I believe in that man. I believe strongly in that man that he can do it. I believe with my whole heart that he can touch them. And we've said it before, and I'll say it again. We're seeing it work right now in Ethan Church. I see it right now. I know he's still healing. I know he's doing it. It's because a community and a family believes and trusts that their God can provide, and he has, and he will, and he's going to continue to do it. Now, Paul let us know how God brings all this to pass. We have the greatest gift of all. We have Jesus, who came down from the Father, God in the flesh, come down to heaven here. God has given us the greatest gift of all, and that was salvation, is salvation, and eternal life. That's the greatest gift you can ever imagine. Oh, we, we, I know as kids, we, we're waiting, we get up in the mornings, and we're, we're looking for whatever's under the tree or or. Mine was always the night before Christmas Eve. I always loved my grandma. That's when we'd go down to my grandma's and we'd do Christmas down there. And I always loved to, just to, to be with the family. I loved the gifts, too. No, don't get me wrong, when I was little. But just to be with the family, I always looked forward to that. I always looked forward to that. But it's not comparable to the gift that God gave us when he sent his son. And it's not comparable to the gift that God gave us, those of us that are saved, and that be salvation. There's nothing can compare to that free gift 
that he gave us. These gifts show that God's one gift fits all. These gifts, eternal life and salvation, one gift fits all. We all need it. This Christmas, we need to remind ourselves. We really need to remind ourselves of the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas. Christ on earth, God on earth, God in the flesh, God here in the form of a baby. We need to remember that, that one gift that he's given us. In God's plan, that faith and, and repentance and salvation, eternal life, the Holy Spirit and, and heaven are just things, are things that matter the most. All right? Not, not free shipping, not 15% off, not one, buy one, get one free. Those things don't, they, they don't matter. Uh, what matters is, is what God's plan is for us. What matters is that each one of us know that plan. What matters is that each one of us know what salvation is. What matters is each one of us has that salvation. Each one of us has that salvation. That's what matters. Don't worry about them good deals. Because I guarantee you can find them on eBay or Amazon cheaper. Nobody laughs. All that matters is God's plan. Number two, one gift fits all because this gift is glorious. It's a glorious little gift that he gave us. That little baby wrapped in a manger. Wrapped in, I'm sorry, in the, in the cloth and placed in the manger. It's glorious. It's a great gift. Praising God. Man, think about it. That's something that, that we need to, we, something we have to do. Praising God is something that we have to do. If you've got Jesus, you're going to want to do it. If you got him in your heart, you want to tell everybody about it. You want people to hear your testimony. You want people to hear about all the great things that he has done for you. Those of you that have been sick and, and he has touched and he has healed you, you got something to brag about. I serve a God that heals people. I serve a God that healed me. I serve a living God. So we want to tell people about it. We should be excited about praising him when we, and we just, we ought not be able to contain ourselves. You ever seen them people that can't contain themselves? Sometimes we refer to them as holiness. But there's those people. They're not, they don't have to be holiness. I've seen a Baptist or two take a running fit. They can't contain themselves. God has touched them. God has worked in them. Now, running across pews, that's something else. Sometimes I think that's possessed. I don't, know if that's, I don't know if that's Holy Spirit or not. But we, want, we, don't want to, we shouldn't want to contain it. We don't want to bottle that stuff up. We want it to, to come out and everybody to hear it and everybody to see it. What a privilege it is to, to praise God for his unspeakable gift. That's what he's calling it, his unspeakable gift. It's an honor to praise him for that. It's an honor to thank him for that unspeakable gift that he's given us. What a joy it is to thank God for that unspeakable gift. Joy. What a joy. Have you ever heard somebody give their testimony and not smile? You ever just looked at them while they give their testimony? They, they just have this, this glow about them. It's almost like the Moses effect going on. They just have that smile and this glow, and they're happy because they've got a testimony. 
They've got a Savior. They've got salvation. They've got eternity in heaven. Why would you not smile when you're giving that out? How's this gift so glorious? Now, this Greek, I'm going to get nerdy with you. Actually, several times this morning, I'm going to get nerdy with you. The Greek word for unspeakable over in verse 15 can be translated to, into inexpressible. Inexpressible. Now think about it. Inexpressible. There's things out there that we can't describe. Somebody might be able to. But there's things in this world that we can't describe. This little Greek word here shows up only right here in, in the New Testament, just right here. It describes something hard to describe in human language. There's not a word to describe this gift. There's not a word out there. It's indescribable to describe this gift that has been given to us. We can try. We have tons of words that we can try to use, but it still doesn't describe it 100% to its fullest. It's indescribable. God in Christ did something beyond human comprehension. I mean, really, we can't understand that because if we did understand it, that would put us up on God's playing field. We would be up here at God's level, and I don't want to be there. We'd be up here when we really need to be down here. We can't comprehend that kind of love. We can't comprehend the things that go through God's mind. I mean, you think about this. Can you comprehend why he would send a son, his son? He knew we needed someone. We needed a Savior. But why would someone love us so much that he would give his son for us? See, we can't, we can't comprehend that. Parents, here, you can't comprehend. I can't comprehend giving a child a way to save the world from hell. I can't comprehend that. And we shouldn't have to. Because God's already taken care of it. We just got to have faith and trust and know that he done it for us. Amen. He gave his son to save us from all sins. All we can do, all we can do, and this is all we can do, is just shout it and just tell the world, thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift, for this great gift, for this unimaginable gift, something that we, our minds can't come up with, but God's did, and he gave it. So we just thank him for that. His gift is beyond the capacity of human words to describe or express. We can't. We just can't. I'm, y'all are probably sitting here right now trying to think of a word to describe this unspeakable gift, and you just can't do it. Try if you want to, but it's going to happen. Now, talk, telling the girls last night, I was running through the house trying to figure out how many ounces was in a milliliter. Come to find out none of us knew. Google did, so I had to ask the Google. Now think about this, a comet, a comet that shoots through, the spa through space, through the air. Every now and then we get to see one. Think about a comet as it goes through space. Now a comet's tail is about 10,000 miles long, roughly. 10,000 miles long. Y'all know what a comet is, right? It's just a dirty snowball. Boils down to that. <laughs> it's just a dirty snowball. So you've got a dirty snowball going through space with a 10,000-mile-long tail. The scientists say that if you take all the moisture that's in that tail from that dirty snowball and put it in a bottle, you're going to have about this much, you have about that much moisture. That's it. 
about one ounce of moisture in a 10,000-mile-long comet tail. You want that, Keith? Keith is trying to drink my crop this morning. It's kind of hard to imagine, ain't it? That much liquid in a 10,000-mile-long tail from a dirty snowball. We can't imagine, but you've seen it right there. That's it. So that helps describe it just a little bit. God can do something more amazing than put an ounce of moisture in 10,000-mile-long strand from a dirty snowball. Guess what he can do? Guess what my God can do? He can take our sins. Not just my sins. He can take all the sins and all the burdens and put them on something the size of a cross. That's what God can do. Not just an ounce of moisture from a dirty snowball in a cup. God will take my sins and put them up on that cross. He's going to take all the weight and the burdens that I have in my life and he's going to put them on that cross. And he didn't just stop with Chad. He said, I'll take them all. I'll take, give me the Jews, give me the Gentiles, give me the Romans, give me the Greeks, give me the Ethiopians, give them all to me. I'll take them all, and I can fit them on that cross. Does that not blow your mind? But that's the God I serve, a God that can take it all on himself and place them right here on the cross. And I thank God for that. What a gift. Number three, one gift fits all because the gift, it's a generous gift. God gave us a generous gift. Paul preached that God's gift is beyond human comprehension, and we can't describe it. That's, what, that's the way Paul preached it. We can't comprehend it. We'll try to preach it the best that we can, but our little minds just can't comprehend it. Now, I'm going to give you two definitions for gift. The first one, something given voluntarily without payment in return as to show favor towards someone, honor an occasion, or make a gesture of assistance. It's a present. The second definition is something bestowed or acquired without any particular effort by the recipient or without its being earned. <laughs> Would that not just sum up that gift? We didn't earn it. There ain't no way I earned that gift. There's no way on the face of this earth that I earned my salvation. I couldn't do it. I can't work enough. I can't pray enough. I can't tithe enough. I can't do enough good works in this world to earn the gift, the free gift of salvation that was given to us on the cross. But, but, God said, I'll just give it to you. Don't worry about working. Don't worry about overdoing yourself because I know you ain't going to do it. He said, here you go. You can have it if you want it. If you don't want it, you can reject it. I don't know why anybody won't do it, but they do. God said, here it is. Wrapped up neatly, swaddling clothes. Here you go. Think about those clothes he's wrapped up in. He didn't have a stockpile of onesies that came from Toys R Us or Walmart or wherever else. There was no baby shower. 
They had to get death rags to wrap my Jesus in when he was born. Because that's what he was wrapped in. The swaddling clothes, the same rags they wrapped him in when he died. Keith was talking about Lazarus a few Sundays ago, I think. Wrapped up in his death clothes, death wrap. All the bandages wrapped around him. Every time I read about Lazarus, that's what, I don't think so much about Lazarus, but I think about Jesus in there with him. And I wonder if Jesus recalled what he was wrapped in. I wonder if Mary saved those clothes. You know, that used to be the thing, saving baby shoes and bronzing them. Y'all remember that? I wonder if Mary saved the rags that Jesus was wrapped in. I wonder if she used the rags, if she did save them, to wrap him back up after he died. But think about that. That gift. God said, here's a gift to you. Wrapped up in death clothes, but here's a, a gift for you. And that word gift, that's a simple word. It's just four letters. But what does it do? It packs a punch. Those four letters, G-I-F-T, packs a punch. It's just, it's just full of love. Another four-letter word. A gift, when you open it up, when you accept him in your life, that love that he gives you, the things that he does for you. Just think about that. God's gift is completely by grace and is given without regards to the receiver's worth. He does not care. I was listening to Mark Lowry last night. He's a nut. And he was talking about that gift. Mark's words, and I, I wouldn't put it, uh, I probably would put it like this. Mark's words were, we need to hang out with more prostitutes. That was his words. And he said, because that's who Jesus hung out with. Jesus hung out with the sinners. Jesus hung out with the lepers and the prostitutes. And the, the uh, Lord, ever, just the old dirty sinners. He said, that's who we need to be hanging out with. Get away from the church. Get out to the sinners and let them know who Jesus is. Get out among the sinners and tell them about God's good grace. Tell them about God's love. Tell them about Jesus. Tell them about the Savior. Tell them about who Christ is. Tell them about that baby in a manger. Tell them about the sacrifice and the unfair trial, the illegal trial. Tell them about that scourging. Tell them about the crown of thorns. Tell them about the nail-pierced hands and feet. Tell them about that stone that's rolled away. Don't tell the church. Tell everybody else that don't know about it. Tell them about that gift. Amen. We should be doing that. God's gift is a gift that no one else could or would have given. No one else. I, don't, I mean, I'm dead serious. There ain't a person in this world ever walked the face of this earth that could have or would have given us what God gave. They couldn't because there was only one and that he was of God. He was in the beginning. He was the word. He was there with God when he formed this place. He was there with God when Adam and Eve fell. He was there 
from the beginning. So there's no one else that could have ever done, could have or would have done what God has done for us with that gift. It is a gift that could only be created in the mind of God and in the heart of God. I, I feel like that's where it came from. I believe that gift that he gave us came straight from the heart. You guys ever gave a gift straight from your heart? That's a good feeling. When you do it and nobody else knows about it, and you give it to someone because they need it, and it came from your heart, what a gift. You don't want anything in return. You don't want that person to ever do anything to try to repay you for that gift. And that's the way God done it. God said, here's my son straight from my heart. Here's my gift, my one and only son. Here it is from my heart to you. You don't have to repay me. You don't have to repay me. Hey, if, after you're saved, if you don't mind, do some, do some works after your salvation. If you don't mind, if you will go out and preach. If you will, go out and tell other people about my son and what he can do for him or for them. But here's a gift from my heart to you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a gift of eternal value and absolutely unobtainable under any circumstances except by freely receiving it by His grace. That's it. You can keep laying $100 bills in that offering plate if you want to. You can go out and you can give tracts out all over the U.S., but you still can't obtain it on your own. It's by His grace. That word thanks in verse 15 that we just read. I said, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Now, now look at that word thanks. It's the same translated grace in Ephesians 2.8. It says, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. For by grace are ye saved. That gift, thanks, that gift, are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift. It is the gift of God. Church, grace be to God for his unspeakable free gift. Grace be unto God for his unspeakable free gift. Free gift. Again, we didn't have to pay for anything. He paid it for us on this cross. That was it. That's how he paid for it. Y'all see the awesomeness in what God's trying to say, or what Paul's trying to say? Unspeakable free gift. I'm sure y'all have received something in your life that just sucked the wind out of you in a good way. You've got somebody give you a gift, give you a car, give you a house. That's never happened to me. But just throwing it out there. If y'all want to see me speechless, you can give me a car or a house. Think about it. That, that moment you got something that you wasn't expecting, you couldn't speak. You, you were tongue-tied. You didn't know what to say. Sometimes we don't know what to say. Sometimes when we get down to it and we think about our salvation and we think about our past and we think about how bad we've really been, sometimes we're just speechless. Why would you do this for me? God, why would you do this for me, I am not worthy 
of this gift that you just give me. I'm not worthy of salvation. I'm too, I'm too sin sick. Lord, I'm too messed up. I've done too many bad things in my life. I, I just don't deserve this. And he says, yeah, you do. You deserve this gift. No one deserves hell. But if you don't want it, if you don't want this gift, you don't have to have it. He's not going to beg you. God ain't going to beg you. I'm not going to beg you. I love you. Care for you. I can't beg you to, to accept him. There's been way too many people had a, a forced salvation growing up. You'll go to that altar and you will get saved. It don't work that way. You go when you're ready. You go when the Holy Spirit leads you. Nine times out of ten, it ain't going to happen up here anyway. It's going to happen back there in a few. God's goodness, God's grace, God's mercy, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to use, is incomparably wonderful. It's just wonderful. Wonderful. Counselor. Almighty God. However you want to call him, whatever you want to call him, all the names that there is in the Bible for him, whatever it is, it's wonderful. It's great. We remember going through my Christmas ties this morning. I had to get them all out. So I've only got a few Sundays I can wear them. But my favorite one, favorite tie, is all the names of Jesus. I love that one. There's so many wonderful names for Jesus. You and I have through this, this marvelous gift of Jesus, we, we have or can receive that salvation. So why would God do all this for the likes of us? Why would Jesus die for sinners? I can answer my version, but it wouldn't do you no good because God's already answered it for us. Every one of us probably has a take on it if you want to, but God already answered it for us in one simple verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That sums it up. I can't add to that, and I definitely ain't going to take away from it. That's why God done what God done. Because he loved the world so much that he had to give his only begotten son. How many times have we heard people say Christmas is for kids? Growing up, that's, that's all you hear. Sure, Christmas, Christmas is for kids. Well, Christmas is for adults too. Christmas is for all of us. Because of that one gift that fits all. Whether it be for Ethan's age whatever it may be, whoever it may be for. It's for all of us because that one gift that God gave us, it fits every single one of us. No return policy because you won't want to take that one back. You can't give it back after you got it because you wouldn't want to anyway. Talked about that a lot. I know I don't understand some of these denominations that say you can reject Jesus after you've been saved. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to try to give him back? So Christmas, that word Christmas, it means celebration of Christ. A preacher said this one time. He said, Christmas is more than trimmings, tapestries, trees, and tinsel. Christmas is about the eternal reaching down to us and declaring, my children, here I am. 
Clothe yourselves in me, be forgiven, walk in newness of life, and live for me forever in my perfect home. Christmas is about Christ more than anyone else or anything else. So remember that as we, December 1, we got 25 days. I'm sure somebody's counting down. I know Paisley usually is. She's got her little Hershey kiss or whatever that is hanging up on her wall. She's counting down 25 days till Christmas. Just remember, Christmas is about Christ, and one gift fits all. Stand with me. We're going to close out. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. What a gift. And it fits every single one of us. It don't matter if you've got a little heart or a big heart. You're a little tiny fella or a big old fella. One size fits all. He doesn't mind. He's given it to every one of us. What a gift. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Unspeakable. Why? I, I can't. I still can't. To this day, I've tried. I was trying all week trying to figure out a, a good word to use for this gift. And believe it or not, I'm still speechless because I can't come up with one. So I can just thank him for it. Anybody have anything on their heart this morning before we close out? I hope you all had a good week with your families and your friends and celebration and Thanksgiving and all that food. It's a lot of food. We had to do it again yesterday. Terrible. Awful. All right. All hearts and minds clear. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you today. Lord, I, I can't. I'm still speechless. Lord, I can't think of a word for the gift that you have given each one of us. Lord, we're thankful, I know in our hearts, for that unspeakable gift that you have given each one of us. Lord, that, that free gift of salvation. Lord, that that gift that was wrapped up in that swaddling clothes. Lord, that gift that was wrapped and given away freely to each one of us that would accept it. Lord, I can't thank you enough for it. And I pray, Lord, as, as we go into this Christmas season again, that each one of us would reflect back on that free gift that was given. And I pray, Lord, that each one of us can say in our hearts that we have received that free gift of salvation that you give each one of us. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity to worship we thank you for these open doors. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless and grow this church, Lord. I pray that you would use us in a, in a way, Lord, that would be pleasing. I pray, Lord, you'd use us in a way that would build up your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you'd use us to reach out to a lost community and a lost world. I pray that you'd use us in a way, Lord, that would, that would get families back together, Lord, get them back into your house. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you've done for us. All in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, be back Wednesday. We'll be in Matthew.